Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, you're listening to Transforming Trauma. I'm Eve, and I'm here to remind you that healing is possible. We need each other, and it's much easier when we don't try and do it alone. So for today's show, I'm interviewing a dear friend and mentor of mine, Donna Jensen. I'm so glad to have her with us on the show. Do you want to say hi and introduce yourself a bit, Donna? Hello, hello. It is so great to be with you, Eve. Um, I don't know. What would you like me to say about me? <laughs> um, well, you wear a lot of different hats, so maybe you can share yeah. what different roles you play in the world right now in addition to sure. being an, an author, which will definitely be the, the focus of this show today, but hopefully we'll have you back sure. on to talk about different things in the future. Great. Well, uh, let's see. The roles I play, uh, my favorite one is grandmother um, to my grandson, Cole. But I'm also a consultant and leadership trainer, uh, working with mostly nonprofit and social change organizations. Um, and I am also an activist uh, for childhood sexual abuse and have written a play called What She Knows, One Woman's Way Through In- Incest to Joy which I've been performing, uh, it's a one-woman show, for about eight years now, eight or nine years. And I also run writing and mindfulness workshops for survivors uh, with my colleague Jackie Humphreys, who's a clinician and a survivor as well. And, uh, And I'm an author, yes, 
as you said, and I'm about to launch a book this fall called Healing My Life from Incest to Joy. Wow, thank you so much. That's incredible. I, I love hearing a little bit about the different work and joys that involve you, and I know that there's, there's probably so much more that, that you could share, but I, I wanted to talk to you about your book because I know how hard you've been working on it and that you're getting ready to launch it. Um, it's, it's called Healing My Life from Interest to Joy, and I'm so in awe of your courage to, to write the book, and I was wondering how if, if you could have ever imagined that you would do such a, such a thing. What, what did you... I guess that's what the book is about, but how have you overcome <laughs> the, weight, the weight of shame? Because I know even in, in recent times you've had the reaction that people have when you mentioned that this is the work that you do. So mm-hmm. what has given mm-hmm. you that push to say, I'm going to do it anyways? Well, um, you know, it's interesting. Your, your opening lines where you say um, it's hard to do it alone or something to that effect. I, I don't know. I didn't write down your exact words, but um, healing from trauma. For me, it's, it would be impossible to do it alone. And uh, there have been so many people and experiences throughout my life that I've both been given and taken hold of that has given me the courage uh, to, to speak, you know, to tell my story and then to write it. Um, it's funny because I, I imagined writing the book in, I think it was 1992 or 91, the early 90s. And it took 20 years before I was ready to actually start writing the book. Um, there was a lot of healing that had to happen and a lot of, um, a lot of writing before I wrote the book that had to happen before I got the strength to, to write the book. Um, and the other thing, I, a story I always like to tell is, um, the first was writing my play, which was a big uh, task, so to speak. Um, but it was very much a healing process for me to do the writing. And uh, when I performed the play down in Miami and my daughter came to see it, um, she said to me, Mom, you've, you've got to write a book that explains how, how you healed enough to be able to do this play and write it. And so that's kind of, she was the big push to, to get at it um, about six years ago. So... Well, that's, that's that answer your question. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I appreciate that you're not kind of making it seem like it, it was easy or you always knew you were going to do this because I'm sure it's, it's been challenging and I can I can hear the level of patience and self-compassion that you've had to have for yourself mm. in order to take mm. on this endeavor. But it's such a it's such a gift, and I know I really identify with a lot of the themes of your story, and so it, it means a lot to that someone has been able to capture the experience in words and to put it out there and kind of give a little roadmap for other people. So mm. I was wondering on, on that note, what, what parts were most enjoyable for you to write and differently, like what, what was most challenging? What parts were, were took, right. took longer? Well, I want to say that, that the, um, the beginning and the end were the most fun. 
um, the book is kind of mapped out in four sections. Um, and the first section is about very specific ways that I have healed, uh, writing through the, the act of writing, um, through my activism in the world, not just around child sexual abuse, but through the women's movement and working with other um, movement leaders in other, in other movements. Um, so social activism was a big healer for me. And, and then all the sort of traditional and non-traditional healing modes I've gone through, therapy and various forms of therapy, psychotherapy, and, um, and then the end of it, this fourth section is about writing my writing workshops with other survivors and I even have some survivors who've shared some of their writing that we've done together and that was just so delicious to put together and also my putting my play together and what what that was about but that was both of those ends of the book were a lot of I mean I don't know if fun is exactly the word I would use because it's you know, it's hard work writing, but it's very satisfying and exciting. The two middle sections were the hardest because it was dealing with um, my coming out and then coming out to my family, my, my uh, biological family, and all the craziness that, that ensued from that and, and the, the splits that happen in relationships that I no longer have and then building my family of choice um, and how to articulate that well. So those two middle sections were harder. Hmm. Wow. Sounds like it could be like more more than one book. Each one of those sections sounds like it could be some book. Can you you elaborate for any any mm -hmm. listeners who might not be familiar with the term family of choice, which... Mm, sure. I'm still learning a lot about and always enjoying yep. hearing your perspective on. Yep. Well, to me, family of choice, these are all the people that I have built relationships that are go-to people in my life. And some of them know each other and some, you know, some of them are in completely different corners of my life, so they're not necessarily connected. But I'm connected to them, and they are my go-to people. They're, they're the ones that give me my support. You know, I, my friend Eli, who's my other, I call him my other brother, because I have had a brother that wasn't there for me as a brother, and so I found another brother. Um, and so it's, it's all these people that I've built healthy, supportive, reciprocal relationships with where mutually reciprocal so it's just been really important um, and I don't think I could have well who knows uh, it, having a family of choice helped me come out to my family and weather the storm of their inability to accept the truth that I was telling um, I pretty much lost my uh, biological family. Not all of it, but, you know, the core of it. And having mm. a family of cho- having the arms of my family of choice to fall into at that time was critical. 
um, it made a big difference in my staying, staying centered and whole through it all. Not that it wasn't terribly difficult, but right. it, I think it would have been incredibly more difficult to um, either sever certain ties or accept the shunning that I had to accept if I hadn't had my family of choice. Mm-hmm. Well, I imagine it wasn't like you just went to the store one day and, and bought <laughs> five family members of choice. I, I appreciate Wouldn't that, that be it fabulous? Took time. Now, there's a business, right, for some entrepreneur. <laughs> Build your family of choice with me. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I mean, no, it happened, you know, over many years. Um, and I think it started, I, I was very involved in the second wave of the women's movement. I, I still like the old phrase, the women's liberation movement. And I was very involved in that, building women's centers in the New York City area. And it was in that environment that I really learned about creating authentic, honest, deep relationships with others. Um, which I think certainly for me as a survivor, and I, it's not un- uncommon with other survivors I talk with, that building relationships is very challenging because our initial important relationships were, were flawed or at the very least. And how to build healthy relationships, we weren't necessarily taught. That. I wasn't taught that. Um, I was, you know... So, uh, yes, it took years, absolutely. But because of that, I have, I have friends uh, that I've had for decades because we've built such strong relationships. That's amazing. So, it just shows yeah. what we're capable of when we, when we have relationships that nourish us and encourage us. Abs. I'm so grateful Abs. that they, they kept on encouraging you to tell your story and that you, you knew that you right. had a story that was important to share and that it's been such a healing experience, just the, the putting words to paper. And you mentioned social right. activism being a, a big part of your journey. And, of mm. course, we're living in some really difficult times. And you and I have had oh, conversations yeah. a bit about this, but it continues to come up for me almost every day. So I was wondering if you might share any practical tips that help you to stay engaged in what's happening but also mm. have, have limits to how much you're taking in and, and where right. you put your energy so that you don't feel bogged down because it's so easy to just not want to come oh, out yeah. and recover yeah. some days. Indeed, indeed. Well, um, the, the first thing I always say is the most important thing is feed your heart, especially in times of you know, real strain and worse you got to be doing those things that feed your heart, whatever it is, whether it's taking walks in nature or doing yoga or um, reading good things or listening to good things, whatever feeds you and being in, you know, being connected with the people you love and that love you. That's really, really important to do. Um, the other thing is, uh, well, I think, I don't know if we, we don't want to get too political here, but I certainly was not in favor of who became our president. 
And um, from the minute the election happened, for quite a while, I put a blackout on news. I could not let it sink into me. I couldn't listen to it and watch it because it was just so disturbing. And even to this day, I, I don't do a lot of paying attention to sort of the current, what's going on uh, at, by hour by hour, which I know I have people, I know people who, you know, they're just so focused on all that's going wrong. And it's, it can almost become addictive, you know, this uh, watching CNN to your eyes bug out. And I don't think it really informs us. I think it numbs us out. So I try to find other kinds of things to listen to. Like, I don't know if you've ever heard of this thing called On Being. It's a podcast through NPR, a gal named Krista Tippett. And she interviews the most beautiful, wonderful, wholehearted people on what's going on in the world and what needs to happen. And so... I listen more to her than I do to a lot of news shows and so forth um, because that's just... And the other thing I do is I do my work. So right now my work is getting my book out in the world and writing a podcast, uh, not a podcast, a, a blog piece at least once a month and doing some Insta... So paying attention to what my work is about um, I remember early after the um, election, Toni Morrison said, do your work. Whatever it is, do your work, the purpose that you're here for. And I just felt that was so inspiring and, and a good reminder that that's where my attention needs to stay. Yeah, that's, that's so. incredible. I actually just pulled out some there's something called post-traumatic growth, and there's five general areas. And I'm pretty sure in the past few minutes, you just kind of hit every single one. And not everyone <laughs> is able to kind of come out of trauma and, and just transform it. And you, your life is a testament to post-traumatic growth in my mind. So real quickly, the areas are that opportunities emerge from the struggle. Um, uh -huh. You've gotten closer to some specific kind of not related to the trauma, but you've been allowed to get, I think, even closer to some people than perhaps other people who haven't had trauma have in their lives, yeah. which is a level of intimacy, increased sense of connection to others who, who struggle, which I can say I, I certainly feel that connection to you, not just through our suffering, but through our healing and Absolutely. increased sense of one's own strength, greater appreciation for life, and deepening of spiritual life. I don't know. Would you say that you felt a connection to spirituality before? Like, I don't know, before? If, there, if you can kind of say, if, do, do, you, do you attribute some of your spirituality to the trauma, to the healing? Um, in spite of, yes. <laughs> well, you know, I, um, I was raised Presbyterian, um, and uh, when I got in, when I got into the women's movement, um, I started having some real problems with the patriarchy of uh, the Protestant Church, to say the least. Um, and so I would say, in my late twenties, early thirties, I 
had the very good fortune to work um, with several Native American tribes in Canada around um, leadership development and community reinstatement, so to speak. And I, I got to understand their connection which the, with the natural world, which is so, it's almost, they hardly even talk about it, they just live it. And I really, I was so gifted by them to understand and connect more with the natural world than I had before being a part of them. So that that's become very much a part of my spiritual practice, so to speak, um, as well as I've gotten very involved in yoga. And um, I think you and I were talking about this the other day. You asked me if I had a practice, and I do. And every single morning, or almost every morning, I should say, um, I first read a piece from Pema Chodron, who's a wonderful Tibetan Buddhist monk. Um, And uh, so I'll read a teaching of hers, and then I'll write for maybe 10 or 15 minutes, just free writing whatever's in, on my mind or in my heart at the moment. And then I will either do a sitting meditation or I'll do a yoga routine. And I kind of go back and forth between those two one day and then the next. And that really centers me and holds me in a wonderful way. So. Oh, I just love that. And I'm so glad we now have this recorded because I was, I was so... <laughs> happy to hear you share your your daily routine sometimes we don't we don't share these things and it makes all the difference is how yeah we yeah approach each day a new day so that's really helpful yeah. thank you for sharing that and sure we only have so much time today but i was hoping you might share what the title of this podcast means to you when you when you heard that i was doing a podcast called transforming trauma what what does that look like well, first of all, it just gave me a chill. In fact, I got it again just now when you said it. Um, it's a brilliant title. Um, and it, it's both, um, it, it's very fueled by activism, you know, because it's transforming. Um, and, and it's very hopeful, you know, that you're basically sitting there saying this trauma can be transformed. Um, into something else, and that's very hopeful. So I'm thrilled mm, with the title. Thank you so much. I, I, love, yeah. I love hearing that reflection because I, I still remember when we were coming, not my forte thinking of, of titles, but like now that I have been doing this for about a year, it makes so much sense, and it's, it's quite, mm. quite simple and powerful like you just described. So thank yes. you. No one's ever defined it that way. I, I'll take that oh, with okay. me. And, um, can you tell listeners how they could get their hands on your incredible book and maybe yeah. list your, your website? I know I've been following your blog sure. through, through your website, how they can sign up to, to get more of this goodness. Yes. So my website is timetotell.org. And just go to the site, and there's multiple places where you can um, – send me a message and say you want to be told when the book is for sale. And that'll be late October when the book is going to be for sale. And um, 
you can either get it through my website or my publisher's website, which there'll be a link to that sent out soon, Levelers Press and Amherst Mass. And it'll also be for sale on Amazon, although I just a little secret. I would rather it was bought from my publisher than the Amazon because they take a lot of money. <laughs> I'll note that in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I don't know if I should be saying that, but I did, so so what? <laughs> so what? You said it. Okay, so timetotell.org. The book will yeah. be available in October 2015. Um, any upcoming? Mm-hmm. Oh, October what? 2017, so yeah. in just a few short weeks, so that's so exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. And is there anything else on, on the horizon that you want to? Well, um, the, next ta- the next workshop I'm going to do is going to be in Albany just next week, in fact. The Albany, um, I mean, the New York State Coalition Against Sexual Assault is having its con- annual conference. And um, I'll be there running a workshop for survivors who work in the field, um, finding their voices as survivors. So I'm really excited about that. That's going to happen, I think, on Friday the 15th. So if anybody wants to go to that conference, it's online. Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes as well. You're you're such a resource of of knowledge. I feel like even if we did this (laughs) podcast every single week, you would be sharing new new (laughs) conferences and books. And thank you for your generosity and look forward to having you back on the show maybe once you're your book is out, and we can talk more about what that, what that process is like. Absolutely. Well, Eve, thank you so much for having this podcast. I think it's a gift, a total gift to survivors and to people who care about them. So I wish you all thank the luck you. in this work. Thank you, Donna. Wonderful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That means so much to me. I just want to thank okay. Rachel Grant, coaching.com, and her Beyond Surviving podcast, where she has tons of new teachers and survivors presenting on various information related, relating to survivorship. So check out rachelgrantcoaching.com and her incredible abundant resources that she is so generous in, in sharing with the world. So that's all for this month and look forward to next month forming trauma. Take care and be well. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.